Hi, I'm Charles Evans, music director of the Long Bay Symphony, here with my friend and colleague, Tim Cook, who is the music director of the Carolina Master Chorale. And we're here for our second session of Speaking of the Arts, uh, holiday edition, I guess. You know, when you and I spoke about this, the idea was Christmas music, but really the whole season is, is much, uh, much broader than that, for, for good reasons. I think there are those who think that it's, this is Christmas and you should be thinking the reason for the season and all that. But I think it's important, it's a larger season than that. The idea of the winter solstice moving into a new calendar year has, has created a lot of elements even before Christianity about, uh, you know, observing a holiday. What was it, Saturnalia or something, some Roman festival. And, mm -hmm. and of course, the, a lot of uh, documentation, uh, or lot, it's, the statement has been made a lot about uh, the fact that Christmas was put in there to sort of uh, override pagan festivals. Sure. So, you know, I, I think that the whole reason I say that is that there's a lot of holiday music that is not necessarily Christmas music. Yeah, it seems like the majority, you know, of course, is focused on Christmas, but uh, there's a lot of the, you know, wintertime has, has um, so much imagery, so much poetry, and so forth. So there are a lot of great uh, settings of all kinds of winter music that's not specifically Christmas. Celtic music, yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of, and of course, uh, you know, Hanukkah is very close to Christmas, and so uh, you know, Hanukkah has a lot of fantastic musical traditions. So, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot to offer there. Well, we're sort of, I am at least pining away at the, you know, and because we can't perform, or we are getting tooled up. We'll be back in January and doing some performances throughout, probably one a month, and then some additional things. I need to talk to you about Queen. We're still planning to do Queen outdoors. I saw your little post. Yeah, yeah, I need to talk to you about done. that. Yeah, but um, up to this point, we've uh, outside of the youth program, which was that we had a couple of very nice concerts that uh, happened in December. Uh, but outside of that, we pretty much are uh, dormant, have been, at least as far as large ensembles. And so I, you know, I've, I've spoken to people many times over the past couple of weeks that how much they miss. Messiah, the idea that this, here we are in this season and we can't do it, and it's it's unfortunate, but this too will pass. But uh, you know, it makes me think of all the, the great holiday pieces and and kind of how they're positioned. I think Messiah is an interesting one in that it is probably people's ultimate go-to for you know feeling good for the holidays, and yet ironically. I'm not sure how many people understand that it's not really a Christmas piece. Right, it's just it's, a, a tradition that people have grown up with, you know, right down to you know standing for the Hallelujah chorus and yeah, so forth. Yeah. My parents uh, were both involved in their local chapter, the American Guild of Organists in my hometown, Springfield, Illinois, and they had a Messiah sing every year. All the church choirs came together, uh, probably a hundred singers, and they'd rehearse on Sunday afternoons, about three or four weeks in advance of the performance. Yeah. And so uh, I think I sang in my first one when I was about 12. I probably heard my first one when I was oh, five yeah. or six. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know so, that feeling. So, uh, it, yeah, 50, 50 plus years, it's just uh, it's like an old shoe, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and something you never get tired of. Right. But I think, uh, you know, again, this is just a seasonal association, even though it's a sacred piece, but it was really written more about Easter. Right. And uh, right. written for Lent when they couldn't do stage performances. Yeah, once in a while you get to hear a you know, full-length Messiah performance right. uh, you know, during the Easter season. It's, it's very moving. Yeah. And I think a lot of folks out there know that the first portion of Messiah is, you know, the Christmas portion. 
But the funny thing is you can never do any portion of Messiah without doing the hallelujah chorus. Unless you do the, right. you know, the worthy is the lamb and amen at the right. very end. Right. We, you always have to finish with the hallelujah chorus. Which isn't really part of the uh, Yeah, Christmas right. It has nothing portion. to do with Christmas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's so many so many great works out there. And, of course, we've peppered in there with, with Messiah excerpts. We've done, you know, some of the Advent Bach cantatas. There's Bach et al. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and others. And, you know, even the Sansan's Christmas Oratorio. Sure. Uh, pieces like that. And then, you know, I don't, what, what are your favorite? Uh, I, I like, um, because I'm a choral person and I, you know, and I hear so much of the same thing. I, you know, I, I like to look for things that you don't hear maybe quite so much. There's a beautiful yeah, piece by, by Finzi, you know, in town. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. so beautiful. And then the Vaughn Williams Odier, you know, has a sort of big, um, cinematic quality to it. That's, uh, that's very beautiful. Those are some things that I like. I like, I like a piece, you know, that the Carolina Master Crowd Commission, and I, I think you've probably heard a performance or two of this because we've done it a few times, but you know, our, our local composer, Andy Fowler wrote mm -hmm. a book. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things yeah. that he wrote was his um, Outbreak of Peace. You know, mm -hmm. it's, that's, mm -hmm. that story of the 1914, First World War, yeah. Uh, yeah, the First World War uh, uh, moment when, when the opposing sides came out of their trenches on Christmas Day and celebrated together and yeah. played soccer and all of that. And Andy Fowler has a quite moving uh, yeah. work on that. On, you know, it's not well known, uh, you know, beyond our um, region, but it, but it should be. And that's a piece that I like a lot of Christmas yeah. time audiences have well. Well, you know, as I was musing over this and, and thinking about in dialogue with you on Christmas music and holiday music, you have it in the choral world well over us in the instrumental world mm -hmm. because there's nothing, well, there's one thing, and you can already see it on the, on the counter, uh, one thing that is a direct association with Christmas or, or holiday. Otherwise, the music itself can't indicate that it's holiday music. Right. You've got to have the text the sacred text or some sort of right. reference, but here's all we have. And once right. you hear that, <laughs> you know, so this sleigh bell, if it weren't for sleigh bells, I don't think we would have any claim to being, you know, having Christmas music or holiday music. So yeah. it's, it's interesting, but you know, what I, what I sort of lament is it come out of vogue. And I think it's because we tend to be a little less epic with holiday performances. Certainly around here though, we have the pressure of, pressure but uh you have theaters who are doing pops things all the time right. so i think i think the long bay symphony sort of decided well that's already been covered so we sort of stay in a more classical realm but i miss those you i'm sure you know those uh, robert shaw um and it was alice parker many moods many at christmas suites, yeah. you don't hear those much no, anymore. you don't hear, so much you don't hear the bigger <clears throat> orchestra the more epic things yeah those robert russell bennett uh, orchestrations yeah are, i mean are so uh, colorful yeah yeah there's so much fun but i i think that's you know i we look at at big pieces for christmas and the holiday and of course you've got some unrelated things like of course the nutcracker uh, is a holiday piece by virtue of the story. Right. And then you've got the opera Hansel and Gretel, which is associated simply because that's when it was premiered. I guess it was Humperdinck's sister who wrote some song uh, texts that she wanted her brother to set into some sort of pastiche of an opera. And they premiered it right around Christmas that right. year and then right. turned it into a full-length opera. So that's the tradition that makes that a holiday. Uh, right. piece that's it pretty much and oh, so, 
Oh, of course, that, that is really, I just think that is one of the most uh, engaging pieces. Amal and the Night Visitors. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was a young boy, uh, I wanted to play Amal. You know, I was a boy yeah, soprano, sure. and, and my parents are musicians, and my mother would sit me down in front of the stereo and um, put the record on just for something to do in the afternoon, and I'd listen to the whole opera. And I had it all memorized by the time I was about eight. Wow. And... Uh, and then they finally did it in my hometown when I was 12, when I was still a boy soprano, but they were worried that my voice would change. And uh, so they gave them all, right. they gave them all yeah. to a girl. Oh, the <laughs> ultimate insult when you were waiting in the wings. Yeah, oh, but, but I have now been able to conduct the opera. You know, yeah. and, and then, of course, the, the Shepherd's Chorus and so forth. Those are, those are often featured on Christmas Pops concerts. Right, yeah, I've done so excerpts yeah, of the whole opera, as well as the symphony's done it a couple of times. Yeah, sure. And, um, Actually, Trinity Church did it most recently. I we did it four or five years yeah, ago. Yeah, we did it at Coastal a year or two before that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, it and, it, and of course, that is definitely, you know, a Christmas and, and a wonderful Christmas uh, um, selection, you know. Absolutely. And, and um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm sure many folks know that that was actually written as the first TV opera. Right. And it was the inaugural, yeah, it was the inaugural episode or installment in the Hallmark Hall of Fame series. Right to do them all, and of course it lasts about an hour, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe back in those days they did fewer yeah, commercials. Just, yeah, it's 55 minutes. Yeah, like so they had just enough time to get a few words. Uh -huh. I was able to go to a workshop um, before Minotti passed. Uh, he did a workshop wow. for the American Choral Directors Association, and he, and he played, he had, he'd had a, a video made of, of um, the movie. He said, um, you know, so often people play it as though it's in the Middle East someplace, you know, but Amal, even though he has a voice that sounds Arabic or something, Amal's a little Italian boy. He's like, you know, Amal was me, is what he says. Oh, wow. you know? And so the kings happen to just make their way through Italy on the way um, <laughs> to find the interesting. So yeah. very. Uh, yeah, but I, I uh, you know, I was speaking about these these big works that uh, you know are independent works, uh, independent of Christmas carols, is what I'm trying to get mm -hmm. at. Uh, that are the mainstays like Nutcracker and, and to some extent Hansel and Gretel and of course Messiah has its own you know special place and, and so on but so much of what we hear is based on workings of Christmas carols Absolutely. because that's the you know that's the that's the thread of, of all of it but I you know I, I think I had talked to you before about like to for us to talk about what your favorite pieces are I mean of course you talked about the Fenzi and and it just one thing that really comes to mind and I was I was mentioning that we don't get to do shall we say substantial holiday concerts uh, right. like, like we used to right. and one of my favorite pieces I don't know if you know it a Samuel Barber piece to D.A. Natale I, I, I know of that piece I've never had a you know, performance yeah you know. it's it's just yeah. it's beautiful and here is yeah. here is Samuel Barber taking these tunes like uh, O Come Emmanuel, Lo How It Rose, mm -hmm. and weaving them, doing them in canon and augmentation on top of one. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible piece of music, and you don't, you don't get that chance so much to explore, uh, you know, some sort of refined interpretation of Christmas carols. Mm -hmm. Now, there are, there are other pieces that I think we've done together, I believe, over the years, uh, English pieces, of course, the whole Christmas day of course, yeah. is just mm -hmm. wonderful. And there's right. just something so noble about, uh, about the English, old English carols. Right. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you're sort of staying away from that, uh, 
more commercial side right. of things. Britain no no Rudolph yeah. there. Right, the Britain ceremony. Yeah, I forgot another, about yeah, that another, another work, uh, of course, just accompanied by Harp, but an, another uh, work that features the, the old English carols. It's not nearly as commercial. Yeah. yeah. And I, I can't remember if we had done the Fantasia on Christmas carols. Yes, we have. Yeah, Christmas. the Long Lambs Fantasia is beautiful. Yeah, and it's just that, like from the start, I'm, I'm so intrigued by that. It's the truth from above, that carol. Oh, yeah. In five, four times. Oh, like, yeah. that's so nice to get. <clears throat> no, one, no one writes carols like the English. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, I, I as you know, I'm in the Episcopal Church, and I, I would have to say I'm definitely musically a snob about about that, you know, that hymnal, which yes, Vaughn Williams was was <laughs> was very instrumental in putting together. Yeah. And it's just the the hymns are so classy. Yeah. They really are. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more that but, you know, so many great Vaughn Williams hymns. One of my favorite hymns, you know, is Sine Nomine, the, the you know, the great uh, Vaughn Williams setting. Uh, so, so many great hymns um, that he yeah. you know, wrote and arranged. Absolutely. So yeah, but those Alice Parker and Robert Shaw, many moods are, are yeah. also really. There's some other settings. composers, you know, recent composers that have come along. They haven't caught on like that, but um, you know, people, uh, sweet that I, I don't know if you've had um, experience with Randall Allen Bass, a piece called um, a Feast of Carols, which has a big, beautiful orchestration like that. Something you might look at someday. Yeah. There's some great settings of, uh, you know, Twas the Night Before Christmas, so there's, you know, you can do with um, narrating. Oh, yeah, I've, I've and, done yeah, a yeah. lot of those narration yeah, right, things. Yeah. You ever, ever heard of Gage? Uh, See, what was it Barab, I think, wrote that? Yeah. Anyway, it's a cute, it's a cute uh, little story. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, da, 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 and the angel comes down oh. and throws these four notes. And uh, so you're trying to solve what what does that actually mean, and it's sort of the meaning of Christmas as it gets blended into Silent Night. I see. It's it's a very effective little story, mm-hmm. but you know I think as, as we were talking about you know there's there's Christmas and of course Hanukkah, uh, but there's just the holiday, right. and I I have sort of humorously lumped that together in in uh, the term that was used by. Jerry Stiller on Seinfeld, you know, Festivus for the rest of us. You remember that? (laughs) (laughs) But I think, you know, there's so much holiday music. And that's why I just, I think it's important to know that Christmas uh, is is central to many of us. And yet, it's, this is not just Christmas. It's a holiday season. Right. And it's, it's funny. uh, It's talked about it, you know, from time to time about all these Christmas songs that we know so well were written by a bunch of Jewish guys. A lot of them, yeah, a lot of them. And of course, a lot of them were um, Broadway composers. Right, you know, and there right. was that huge culture of, of Jewish composers, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, but of course you've got Irving Berlin. Oh, yeah. With White Christmas. He knew, and, he knew where his yeah. bread was buttered, absolutely. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not certain it's true, but apparently he was furious over Elvis's version oh, of White right? Christmas. And I haven't been able to substantiate it, but apparently uh, he really was trying to get radio stations not to play it at all. Uh, and uh, so I wouldn't, anyway. I wouldn't see it. Then they would be wasn't buddy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it makes me think of of uh, cover albums. When you think of our CDs, you know that that you play during the holidays. Like, what what's your go to 
like when you want to really get in the mood, you're decorating the tree, you want to hear some holiday music, you want to see, you want to hear carols. Yeah, standard. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I just, I, I'm a little different than the average bird, but do you know Gordon Goodwin and the Big Fat Band? Have you ever no. heard of <laughs> It's one of the greatest uh, um, big bands out there. And they, they have a really fantastic Christmas album. There's, uh, there's an unbelievable setting of, um, the Grinch you stole Christmas, you know, oh, yeah. or the, or the yeah. you know, the, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Uh, and uh, anyway, that's it's a really top top notch uh, uh, big band, and I love to put that thing on. But um, I don't get much work done while it's playing. <laughs> yeah, that's the trouble. You know, most people can just listen to music and do yeah. other stuff. You're probably in the same boat. I just yeah. want to sit there and because you want to hear interesting stuff. Yeah, if it's good, I get pulled in. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a Chicago Christmas album. Oh, Which yeah. is not bad. I yeah, like that. No, one. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah and, oh. and I've even got a Beach Boys. Oh, you do? Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're going to go that realm, that's a pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, like we're going to go totally. What about Manhattan, Mannheim Steamroller? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all right. It's all right. It's just uh, atmospheric. Um, They're still going to town. You know, I just got the. Uh, um, the advertisement in, in Wilmington that they're going oh, to they, wow. they book them for next December and it's okay. already been it's already been announced. Well, after a whole year of not being able to to really do much of anything, yeah. people are going to be very hungry for that kind of thing. Yeah, they sure will. They'll sell it out. Absolutely. But you think about uh, in addition to um, you know uh, Irving Berlin, you've got was it was it Johnny what was his name Johnny. Uh, Johnny Mark. Oh, yeah. And all those, you remember those Rankin Bass things? Yeah. Those, uh, I call it claymation. I guess it's stop motion, but it's basically clay figures, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. Rudolph and all these, all these tunes that were, that were made. I, I think they were, they were in existence. I think the shows were silver and gold. Yeah. yeah and but Holly Jolly Christmas. Holly Jolly Christmas. All of that stuff was, was part of that, that whole tradition. And mm-hmm. I mean, Silver Bells. Silver Bells. I mean, these are all, these are all great holiday tunes written by Jewish guys. Right. So, uh, you know, I think it is important to separate things out like that, that there's a holiday season within which Christmas is observed. I think I'm going to write some Hanukkah music. Yeah. <laughs> it probably won't catch on. Yeah. But yeah, like I say, I mean, it, you, you have much more opportunity to explore these things with a chorus. I mean, most yeah, of the we, orchestral you know, stuff is kind of epic. Charles, we just, uh, you know, were able to yeah, pull off a, a concert uh, this last weekend in a very different way than we've ever done it before. And we're all going to have to yeah. be doing that, but it had to be exclusively live streamed. It was. It was live streamed, and, and uh, folks would still like to see it. You can go to the First Presbyterian website, yeah. First Presbyterian Church in Myrtle Beach, and the concert's still up there. But um, it was a... It, 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 ended up being a very rewarding project because it was so difficult to imagine how it would happen and we you know we we're normally 65 or 70 singers we had 28 who were willing to sing uh and then you have to figure out how those voices work and what pieces will fit them and all of that and then i already had a theme um i tried to make it a pretty broad theme, but the concert was called the colors of christmas you know because there's we've already mentioned um some of them um, today but there's so many pieces that refer to of course red and green silver and gold and yeah. and, and and there's much more than that but um, I stumbled on a, an arrangement of um, a little town of Bethlehem uh, that I thought was just extremely 
beautiful, written by a composer who's working now in Alaska and uh, had a big, beautiful cello solo. It was so nicely played by yeah, Chad yeah, Hammer from, yeah. from the symphony. He played, he played so beautifully yeah. and everyone said so, you know, and you could see tears in people's eyes when he played. But um, you, you just never know. And, and again, because we're a choral group, you know, we have these smaller things that we, we're familiar with the tune, you know, and so that pieces come together a little more quickly in rehearsal and so forth. But that was a very, um, uh, it was a fun concert to program and to find a few things that we hadn't found before. I mentioned Celtic music. We found a piece by Maddie Pryor called yeah. Red and Green. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's one of my go-to CDs yeah. too, is a Celtic Christmas. Yeah, thing. right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of um, you know, very moving and, and visceral, you know, uh, music, uh, very um, physical uh, music that's you know, different than your typical Christmas carol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, I talked to you before about, uh, you know, sort of the, uh, the activity of, of Christmas production and, and, and funny things that had happened. And we had, we had traded a few stories, but I, I, I was asking you to think back on any kind of calamity or, or strange situation. And I, I would have to lead off, you know, because this kind of, um, uh, we have shared experiences, I think, as kids, uh, because my father was Episcopal church right. organist. So right. when I was a kid, uh, he was at the cathedral in Dallas, St. Matthew's Cathedral. And uh, their Christmas Eve service was, even back then, it was broadcast. And so we're watching this service, and the, uh, the priest is giving a, all of a sudden there's this great noise what in the world happened well it turned out that my father was trying ever so discreetly to crawl off of the organ bench to go to the bathroom hadn't turned off <laughs> and, the pedal board. and fell on the pedals <laughs> <laughs> really embarrassing but very funny yeah so but just yeah and performances uh themselves this will be a, both of these other stories that i have are will will be location and people unnamed uh -huh. but in one place i was um the first time i you was, mean because we might know who you're talking yes, about <laughs> yes absolutely i don't want to embarrass anyone <laughs> but we talked about the um fantasia on christmas carols of vaughn williams and so in this, in this particular town, there was this guy that had a great baritone voice and everybody said, oh, you gotta use, and I'll be Bob, you gotta use Bob. I said, great, so I met with him <laughs> to rehearse through that. And of course, we said it's in five, four time. Yeah. And there are other complexities as well. And he had a great voice, but he had no idea what he was doing musically. And it was one of those things that you think, okay, that's all fixed up. And then we get to the rehearsal, which was as, you know, economics dictate, you know, it was just the day of. So there was really no time for anyone to absorb yeah. what they already no. didn't know. They needed to know it by then. And we got to the performance and it was the most excruciating 15 minutes of my life. You know, I mean, I, there was never a time where you got it right. And you've got the chorus trying to figure out how oh, to fit into that. I've got one just like that. <laughs> You just, you, I hadn't thought of this one earlier, Charles. Oh, they, they come up. Do you, do you know the beautiful um, Baroque piece, the Charpentier Midnight Mass for Christmas? I just know of it. Yeah, it know. is an exquisite piece. And so I was new to the Carolina Master Crow, uh, then called the, the 
community choral yeah, society, right, right. and uh, and and very idealistic about you know um, programming and so forth. Um, today, I'm much more practical. I, I you know I temper my idealism with with you know, making sure it will work for the choir, for the audience. All all those things are really important. But we did some we did some good stuff in the day. We did, no doubt the about Carlisle it. Carlisle Floyd piece. Yeah, that? yeah, we, that's exactly right. And I, I haven't given up on those things. Yeah. But, but we just have to be careful about you know when when yeah. and how we plan. The wisdom of age. But this piece uh, was it, it seemed to me you know it was baroque and so it was going to be tuneful and it had all these it's a called the uh, Midnight Mass of Noels, French carols, and so it's very tuneful. Um, but what I didn't plan on was that my baritone soloist would not show up for the concert. <laughs> and so... He was nowhere to be found. And so a, a very a, a fine musician from within the choir, in uh, a, a very enthusiastic oh. young man, said, I think I can do it. And so uh, it, I, I didn't know what else to do because the baritone had a large part in it, you know, and people were there. And yeah. so you just, uh, you, you go with a decision. And as it turned out, uh, my, my other friend was not quite, um, you know, he needed about another week or two. Uh, yeah, I would say. So yeah, that, that, yeah, and, and that was in my first year uh, with the Community Choral Society. And um, Glad to say we've never quite gone there again. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes that's just inevitable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I already related this story, which I think is, is uh, of course, throughout the year we get these kinds of stories, but as far as the Christmas season and Messiah, I think this is the one that really sticks out to me. But we were doing a Messiah production here in the area. I'll just, I'll get, I'll give it that much location. This is many years ago, though. And the person who was playing harpsichord was right uh, in front of a particular singer who was, uh, this woman was not a very good singer, but she also was not very subtle. <laughs> and so uh, this harpsichord player was a very, you know, nice, devout person, nonetheless sort of closed his eyes and said, oh God, please, can you make her stop? And within five minutes, she fainted. <laughs> and he was mortified. But I mean, it could be worse, you know. <laughs> yeah, she didn't, she didn't die. She just she yeah, fainted. Yeah, and I've, I've heard of that, too, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, any, any uh, let's say, uh, wish list pieces, like especially as we're coming out of this, uh, and hopefully going back to normal by one year from now that we can actually do performances. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I mentioned that, that uh, ODA, that's a piece that I have never um, prepared before. I've only listened to the, uh, the Vaughn Williams ODA, such a beautiful work. Um, uh, we've, we haven't done the Finzi here. It's got a big, beautiful baritone solo that we would love. Uh, uh, the the interpox and unearth piece. Um, those are a couple of things at, at Christmas. You know the the uh, the, the Magnificat. We haven't done the uh, you know Bach, yeah, that's Bach true. Magnificat. Yeah. You know, and you can do that with chamber orchestra. And um, you know, it's uh, that's true. It's, yeah. it, it's a, a very um, exciting work. It does require a number of soloists, um, but you know, solos are not. I mean, there are people in the area that could do them. Uh, I was fortunate to to do that piece. Uh, 
<clears throat> when I was at the Eastman School uh, in my last year, I served on the faculty and, and they allowed me to bring in a guest. And I brought in the great Bach uh, scholar and conductor, yeah. Helmut Rilling. And uh, we did a whole week on the Bach Magnificat. He taught classes, he coached soloists, he rehearsed the orchestra, he had student conductors. And, and uh, um, he never looked at a score. <laughs> wow. yeah. But uh, that's that's a, a very exciting and beautiful work, the Magnificat and Diva. Uh, yeah, those are pieces that are in my mind. Yeah, well, like I say, I would love to get back to uh, you know more of an epic seasonally. I don't know if that's that's in the cards. Of course, I would love for us sure, to do a, yeah. do a Nutcracker as yeah. well. I think there's nothing like having an orchestral presentation of Nutcracker, right. yeah. and uh, that's that's been you know sort of a back burner goal for me all along. I, I, I substituted uh, on, a, on a Nutcracker um, in my hometown, Springfield, Illinois, with a touring dance company from London, and uh, or uh, um, in the uh, Illinois Symphony, and uh, first and only time I've ever done it. But we did three performances, and when it was over, I felt changed by you know how extraordinary the music yeah, is. I well mean, that, it's such beautiful music. Yeah, I I uh I directed Nutcrackers in Memphis for a few years and also played a thousand Nutcrackers. Yeah. Like year sure. after year yeah. with the Dallas Ballet, we would sure. do it. And it never got old. Yeah. It's just no, it's, such great in fact it's, great it's almost you know it's it's like the essential Tchaikovsky is ballet. Right. Uh, the symphonies, all that other stuff is great. Yeah. But he's a ballet composer right, first yeah. and foremost. Cracker, Swan Lake. And yeah. So, yeah. Well, just to close it up, let's say, what is your favorite Christmas or holiday pop song? And what's your least favorite? Oh, my favorite. Uh, um, well, I mean, my le let's just, uh, least favorite. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, if I don't ever hear Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer another time. Yeah, uh, I would good. agree with you there. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a big Santa baby person either. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, uh, maybe an Eartha kit if I'll hear the original. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe, she, she could, she could yeah. get something out of it in the, in the day, but. Uh, and uh, favorite holiday pop song. Why don't you go first on that one? I, I think it's a Christmas song. I just oh, yeah. think that is the classic Mel song. Torme, yeah. yeah, the words are so great. Yeah, the tune it's just is so, so great. well written, yeah. and it's just you know, yeah, it's smooth. You know, it's not. I don't know. You know, I, Rudolph and stuff like that. It's just no, a little too. Yeah, it's a little too. Yeah, yeah, and that one is just. Yeah, I think that's that's it for me. I love that too. Yeah. So. I'm just gonna go with you on that one. Okay. <laughs> There are lots of remakes of things, and I think it gets a little, little draining. I don't know about you, but just going out shopping, uh, I shouldn't say this because I sound like such a Grinch. But even before Thanksgiving, yeah. you're in the stores, yeah. and they're playing Christmas music. Right. And I have such uh, compassion for and pity for the people in who Florida. work there. Yeah, particularly, They're going to have to listen to that same loop of songs right. for over a month. Right. And uh, eh, it's just Christmas. I, I really wish we could do Christmas during the 12 days of Christmas. That would be nice. That would be nice, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting historically that, I mean, I, I was just reading recently that, it, that 
Christmas wasn't even a federal holiday until 1870. Mm. That the idea of Christmas being some special set aside time is much uh, overridden by Epiphany and certainly Easter. Yeah. And so, you know, it kind of makes you think. Yeah, it does have a real commercial bent to it. Right. I mean, for, for my money, I mean, I wish Christmas weren't that commercial, but for my money, that's why I prefer Thanksgiving. You know, it's yeah, just, you sure. can't, you can't overly commercialize that. Right. So, right. but we can, we can make of it what we want. That's mm -hmm. the thing. And especially now when we can't do a lot, being at home, having the tree, which we've already got back here, uh, stockings and so on. I, you know, we can enjoy being at home and doing our Christmas things on our own. And I guess we'll learn a great lesson from this in the end. I'm sure we will. Things yeah. will never be the Things same. Will never be the same. They will get better. Mm -hmm. And we'll, back, we'll be back to some kind of normal, but things are forever changed at this point. And that's probably for the good, like anything else. But at any rate, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, and Charles. to all of you out there, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And we all look forward to getting back out there, like I say, uh, the symphony will be doing performances. Uh, we'll have a series starting at the end of January uh, at the First Presbyterian Church. Uh, whether they have to just be live streamed like Master Corral, or we will be able once again to get a, a live audience in there. So we'll have performances once a month, and hopefully by the spring, we'll have our Queen production and be back to somewhat normal activity. So. Uh, all the best to all of you out there. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And we will see you uh, with another presentation after the new year. Merry Christmas. Be safe. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.